We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale, producer Cole Bebe, holding down the booth by himself today, doing everything. Guy's in there like he has eight arms. He's Goro from Mortal Kombat, running the entire show by himself. So shout out to him. Dre, we are talking MMA to start the show today. And man, UFC 274 happened. We got an entire announcement for UFC 276. So we know what's going down on that card. Not what was speculated last week. Still a pretty good card, though. But we'll talk to see if that is worthy of International Fight Week. And then, of course, given our prediction for this upcoming fight this weekend, um, going down in Vegas, Performance Center, or not Performance Center, but the Apex, the UFC, we'll give our prediction for the main card there as well. Tons, tons to talk about there. But to start the show, last time we talked hip-hop, to start the show, Kendrick, everything else dropping. Now we're even closer to that album dropping. I've noticed, though, we've talked a lot of music lately. We haven't talked. Someone alerted me to this on Twitter. That's why it's fresh in my head. This is like the first year. This is the longest it's taken us to talk R&B. And you're R&B-ash Dre. That's true. If people don't know, Dre used to curate these playlists on Spotify. That every year you go to, you just put it on while you clean it, or Sunday Sunday morning vibes. Dre is R&B first and foremost. Like, I go to his crib, like, barely do I walk in and there's, like, hip-hop playing. Not all the time. Yeah. I, yeah. Other shit. R&B, jazz. Yep. Shit like that. So, Saba has your, R- your rap album of the year. So far. Talks still, about yes. It. Still. Saba's still my rap album. Yes. It's good we get to talk about that before Kendrick, because Kendrick might take it. Might. We talked about expectation. Yeah. So, Saba has number one. Who has R&B album of the year so far? Last year, Jasmine Sullivan ran away with everything. And that album was cool. Hmm. I like the Silk Sonic joint. Even though I'm not a Bruno Mars fan. It's funny. I, I haven't really talked about it. I don't listen to that album. Silk Sonic album? Came and went for me. Everything's like a million singles now. And that's yeah. the problem with Bruno Mars is that they turn everything into a single, and then it gets played out. Like, my serious radio plays it all the damn time, and now I'm like, yo, I'm tired of it. That and the stupid uh, 
show they have here, like the residency. Yeah. And we go to fights and then you walk across the park MGM and it's Silk Sonic everywhere. It's definitely burnt out. Damn, I don't I don't know what my R and B album of the year thus far is. Like I'm actually, I'm looking through my list of what I like this year. And it's a bunch of just random. Didn't you just songs. tweet about like you had the most random, most played song on your playlist? It was Diamonds by Rihanna. This <laughs> is my son. He won't go to sleep. He only sleeps to Diamonds by Rihanna. Like, if you put that on, he'll be like, ah. No yeah. ambient noise. No, no. Just that, the sound of Rihanna. Diamonds by Rihanna and reality television. That's the only thing, two things he puts in. Kids after my heart. <laughs> like, not even like, there's some bad reality TV. Yes. Um, I was talking about Zeus yesterday because the, <laughs> the chick from NXT is randomly on, like, the new For the Love of Chance reality show on Zeus. Uh, and it's, it's horribly ratchet. Oh, my God. But I paid five ninety nine to watch it. There is something I want to bring up. This can't be good. Okay, I'm going to hold it. But I'm going to bring it up. I want to see if anybody's seen this shit aside from me. My wife made me watch it. Is it reality TV? No. Okay, I was about to say, because I've seen it. It is a reality TV. But um, R&B album of the year. I don't know. What's crazy is an R&B. We haven't had a big name dropping out. We can drop to the top of the year. Oh, we can probably, for a lot of people, album of the year. Not, not sure if it's mine, though. You know what? It's not traditional weekend. And I understand people evolve. They grow. Music changes. I don't want to see him grow. <laughs> that's And it's selfish. Yeah. But that's like the inner Joe Budden fan in me, too. Like, I only like Joe Budden when he was in shitty relationships or just recently broken up. Toxic. Yeah, I never wanted to hear Happy Joe. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to hear Future. Rap about anything positive. God, this this album is so goddamn toxic. Yo, and I don't count that as R&B. That's rap, right? Yeah, it's but it's rap. like, it's melodic rap. It's Whatever. now a Grammy it's, category. It's, it's very like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, it's toxic. It's fair. I mean. That's what he does. It's his brand. Huh? Yeah. And then last year, like, a lot of people were talking shit. Now that everyone's team, Russell Wilson, <laughs> with Sierra, is like, Sierra glowed up. Look at, oh, pray on it. They'll bring you a man. That's the worst shit on social media. She prayed on it. Look at the man that brought her. Future ain't doing nothing. Look at baby future. They call baby future, baby Russ. Yeah. He got a lot of pins up energy. <laughs> it all came out on this album. He does. But R&B wise, no. Like, last year, I like the Give Young Kids joint. Yeah. I mean, that single was everywhere. His voice a little bananas. But I, I think it's cool. His voice reminded me of the the big black dude from 112. Oh, uh, is that Q? That's Q, right? Is it Q? Yeah. Yeah, 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 because it's not Deron, Mike, it's or Slim. Q, no, it's Q. Q. He looked like Q, too. Ooh. Give you on, kid. Does he? Yeah. I guess so. Darcy and Duke. But, like, back in the day, he would never have been the lead singer. No. Shout out to 2022. They would have stuck him in the back singing baritone. Yep. That, that, Doing nothing. Been. All right, let's see. R&B album of the year. The R&B albums that I've really liked this year thus far is Alex Isley's album, Moonchild's album. These are like deep cuts, but I don't listen to like traditional R and B either. I really like this traditional. Yo, your man had a good take. It said uh, the the what do you say? Uh, the worst thing that can happen to a great R and B song is a rap verse. Yeah, that shout out to Daz. That is <laughs> shout out to Spence from Views from the Seven. It's his first good music take in a long time. Yo, I have a huge problem with like listening to a great R&B song and then I hear a rap verse that nobody asked for that has nothing to do with the song. Yo. It's the worst feeling in the world. Horrible. They just stick it in there for no reason. Yeah, it's like, like, 
Yeah, his example is like Jay Z on like some random ass R and B song. I forgot what song it was. I was like, oh, that's true, and I love Jay, it's but just, I don't need to hear him on this song. Yeah, there's there's certain yeah certain things. So that's that's true. So that's Kanye why it was on Katy Perry. That's that, and but that's my thing. A, a lot of traditional like straight up and down, no special effects R and B has rap stuff in it. Now, I don't want that. <laughs> There's certain songs that it, it makes sense, right? Yeah. I think uh, Moonchild's got a song with Rhapsody that I really like. Uh, Alex Isaac, she has nobody rapping on that album. Uh, Kalani's new album's actually pretty good. I I've been seeing stuff from that. Yeah, I like Kalani's album. I wasn't sure what to expect. My daughter's a Kalani fan. Uh, I enjoyed that. Um, that's about it. Like, everything I listen to is not, is like a lot of Lucy's and it was good until it wasn't. It was a really good album by Kalani. Yeah. No, that actually was good. But Kalani's new album is actually pretty good. But I haven't sat down with it long enough. Yeah. I heard the Justin Bieber joint on Sirius. That was dope. It's, Any Given Sunday featuring Blast. Listen, that's a good track list for Kalani. No, nah, it's a good... The, the joint with Sid is my joint. But... It feels like, again, I've... <laughs> this is going to be TDE week for us. But, like, the R&B world is just sitting and waiting for SZA. It is. Pretty much, for the most part. Like, everybody's just kind of waiting for this SZA album to drop. Which, I don't know if it can li- live up to the hype. Uh, I guess we shall see. I'm trying to think. What else have I been listening to? Yeah, it's tough. R&B Her was last year still. R&B still in the spot where I'm like, I'm not sure if we have, like, we don't we don't have a true front runner. I think a lot of people will say The Weeknd's Donovan. And it, Donovan is actually a really good album. It is a full circle moment for The Weeknd for me because at a certain point, I didn't like the music. I liked the drug addict the weekend. Yes, everyone did. You know, loft music <laughs> and all those joints. When nobody knew what he looked like. Loft like, music is my shit. Yeah. Um, then it's like the last few joints. Like, Star Child was okay. I like Donovan. I like the theme. I like the concept. I like this. It feels like radio. It's like you can kind of burn through it. For a lot of people, that'd probably be front runner. But I don't, I don't know. Ella May is about to drop an album, it looks like. Oh, she did drop an album. That's good, too. She got a single with Roddy Rich. No, the LMA album is good. I wasn't oh, sure what to expect for that. That's, that's a good album. But again, I haven't sat with anything long enough that I can like clearly for me, Saba is my album of the year right now. It's for me, it's no question. Okay. R and B, I don't have that pick. Oh yeah, LMA, Heart on My Sleeve. Yeah, no, it's a good album. Oh, I heard the Roddy Rich song. Again, I don't need Roddy Rich. I don't need rappers all the time showing up <laughs> and ruining shit for me. She got a song with Lotto. Yeah. I don't some of them I, you could tell that the, there's a label in the A and R was like, oh, I gotta connect to such and such. Do you want this rapper on there and the R&B artist really doesn't have a choice. They just, they just get the verse back and they're supposed to be excited. <laughs> Listen to this. They play the verse. Like, I didn't want that on this, this song, but that's what I ended up with. Is R&B, again, I feel like there's nostalgia to 80s R&B, 90s R&B especially. There's no more R&B groups, which really fucks up the game. No. That yeah. hurts. Yeah. Because that was always big. Like, how do you have R&B without groups? Everybody want to be a front man now. Last great R&B group. You know what it was. No. Pretty Ricky. Absolutely not. <laughs> it was no. the last great R&B group. Shout out to my boy, Pleasure P. Nothing's come after them. There's no groups in R&B. R&B's whacked out because of that. But then, even then, everyone else raps, kind of. That's what I'm saying. It's like R&B has become so closely associated with rap that it's like, it's almost like unidentifiable. Yeah, and even now when people sing, it's like, is it dope though? It's like you're not even singing. That's why I like my, the joints. Like Alex Isley's like a pure R&B album. Yeah. Uh, I love the Robert Glasper album. I almost forgot about Black Radio, which is really good. Uh, yeah, put Layla Hathaway on anything, I'm gonna listen to it. Um, 
But I, I like R&B. Like, I like but soul. But we got Summer Walker, Ella May, um, Kalani's, I guess, more Nothing, R&B. Sid just giving young kids. Nothing's blown me away this year. Not yet. Sir. Nothing's blown me away. There's people who sing, but I just don't know how dope it is in comparison. Like, the the rap R&B shit really just wrecked the game. It was like Chris Brown, Trey Songz, who may or may not be acknowledgeable at this point. No, he's on he's on the cusp of like, bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's getting close. Kelly. Yeah. Um, but like that whole wave of music like that we, I guess my generation had and we were acting a fool too. The kids nowadays don't got that shit. Like everybody's sad. Yeah. Like ain't, ain't nobody trying to party. Like back, back in my day, we used to party to R&B. Yeah. You go out there, get a little grind on. Like R&B was dope at a party. Oh yeah. I mean, I ain't playing giving on at no party. Ain't nobody dancing no more. People don't dance? I don't think so. I talked to my nephew. Well, my nephew, oh, yeah. he don't do shit anyway. But uh, it's just a lot of standing around in places. Like when I, in my day and age, like we used to have a house party. We fools would dance. Like EDM kids dance. It's called dancing. They don't dance on each other, but they dance. Yeah, it was a lot of grinding. Lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. We were nasty very, um, folk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a lot of dry humping. It was a lot of static. Yeah, my wife laughs at this all the time. Have you ever heard someone say hunchin? Hunchin. Hunchin. It's like the, I guess it's the girl version of humping. My <laughs> my kid's grandma, uh, their mom's mom, would always say that. Like, she'll leave the house. Don't y'all be hunching in here. So it's like, it's like a girl. Like, I was like, yo, yo, it's all bad, but that shit's hilarious. Maybe that's some like real deep, like weird Southern shit. But yeah, hunching. But nah, yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of recklessness. No furniture humping. But I'm not doing that. No, yeah. <laughs> but there were like at parties, are oh, the soca parties like Jamaican music? Fire. None of that no more. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yo, don't I remember dance. Going, when I used to go to the club and they would they played Murder She Wrote. Damn, Damn, don't get yo, don't <laughs> get me in my Jamaican bag. What? Oh my Oh. Like there's two things. If you again, I'm old and wise, so you could probably didn't experience a lot of people didn't experience this. When I went to Morehouse, you would get exposed to everything. So it was like, of course, it was like the South. Yeah, I think when I went to Morehouse, three six mafia. So when they played tear the club up, <laughs> end of the night they tore the club up. This is no joke. Yeah, <laughs> there was one night we had went out. There was Club One Twelve got burned down, and we had just left the club when that got burned. Down. Club One Twelve burned down, and we I think I can't remember why. We were like, hey, let's see what the local scene is right. like. Not the because we used to go to a spot called the Warehouse. Ramon's in our group chat. He'll always... <laughs> I got to ask Ramon about Ramon knows the warehouse. Because the warehouse was a club that we went to. We were broke as hell. It would always have a rapper there. Noriega, Method Man. And I don't know how we got in because we were broke. Like, dumb broke. But we were out every weekend at this club. But it was college kids, right? One night, we were like, uh, where are we going to go? We were like, let's go see the local scene. It's a bad idea. <laughs> we went to some... It was a ratchet spot. We were like, we're just going to go. We went in. It was late. I think my boy Mook was with us, as a matter of fact. We walk in, and this girl just jumps in front of him like, what? 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 And we're like, all right. <laughs> this is like, this is where we're at. It's this real aggressive. So as the night gets closer to ending, the DJ starts teasing, tear the club up. He starts seeing furniture move. <laughs> 
And I was like, is this about to happen? Time to go. And we let, like, we were leaving. They tore that motherfucker up. That was the end of that. I don't know if that club ever came back. That was, y'all might have been there for the last night. But they tore mm-hmm. the club up. So in Atlanta, so you have the South, three, six Mafia area, tear the club up. Ludacris was just getting on. He was still on the radio. Like, we saw, I think at one point during my freshman year, Ludacris was slanging Chris Lubba Lubba CDs on the corner. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> hand out to there, hand. just out there in the street, because that's what everybody did back in the day. So, but you had Goody Mob, you had Outcast, like, all that stuff was popping. But then you have, like, the East Coast clubs. <laughs> one of my boys tried to holler at Foxy Brown. It was a weird night. Uh, might have been Ramon. I can't remember. <laughs> we were always drunk, too. It was weird. And then you have the West Coast clubs. We had a boy that looked like Suge. We called him Suge. And he acted like Suge Knight. And he was just kind of like the Don of the just West Coast. Co- cosplaying Suge Knight? Yeah. For this whole house. <laughs> but then there were nights that you would end up in a club that either played reggae or go-go music. And it was my first experience with that coming out of Vegas. <sighs> they played go-go. And I was like, what happened? You know, I was like, one of my boys used to say, he's like, they're always banging pots and pans. That's what he thought go-go music was. <laughs> he's like, they're always going in the kitchen and banging pots and pans. And my boy from D.C. was like, no, they're not coming to this go-go club. Went to a go-go club. And they played the water. Day, and I was like, oh, my. Percolator? Well, Midwest was percolator. Midwest house music. I went to play Chicago house. That turned me out. I love Chicago house music. The Chicago house scene is incredible. I've heard. It's, it's not. Like, there's some people like the, the big stepper scene. Not a big fan of that. Chicago house. I'm all in. That's the old heads. <laughs> yeah. It is. But I, there's cats today that like, I love stepping. You know, then, you know, he who shall not be named came out with yeah, stepping. Yeah, love. yeah. But I was big on Chicago House. But I went to a go-go club and I lost my mind. You sweat at the go-go club. Oh, That's when yeah. you know you party. Yeah. Same with the reggae club. Oh, it's just perspiration everywhere. I'll never forget. I, I went in. DJ played Murder, She Wrote. Girl just jumped on me. And I was like, Oh! You just got to go with it. That's it. You it's, just got to hold your balance. That, that was it. I was like, oh, oh, help. Help me. Help me. I, was, I was grabbing walls. Yep. Like, I was like, my God. And in my brain, in my young brain, I was like, she's coming home with me. Well, no, she wasn't. No, she no, no. She wasn't going anywhere with me. Not at all. She's just getting the rocks off on the dance yeah, floor. Yeah, people don't even drink really at like Jamaican club. Like, you just go, reggae music going, they're going to dance. Yeah, they're going to dance. So this Shout DJ, out to all the big booty women with the... Oh, my. With the white stick deodorant? Yeah. Bam, that's how you know you in the Jamaican Oh, yeah, club. you get that little line yo, right Because the, the, the clear deodorant don't even work those nights, mm-hmm. baby. You they need, do the white stick deodorant. You need the antiperspirant. All of it. So, like, this DJ played Murder, She Wrote, and then he played Freaks. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. If you don't know Freaks, Freak. you, you're probably, yeah. You got to be, uh, be a certain height what? to ride this ride. Oh, my God. Follow that with Tingaling? Oh, dude. Pass up there doing the pepper seed. I was like, listen, it is. And that's when, when I came back to Vegas and I was like, y'all don't really, y'all don't know how to party. No. I was like, y'all party to like West Coast music, do some crip walking, go to a go-go club and a reggae club. There was a club that had like each floor was a reggae, go-go, and you go through that bitch. And it was like, and by the end of the night, you need, you're dehydrated. <laughs> you know, sweat through all your clothes. You're crawling out the, yeah. the front door of the club. Oh after. my God. But yeah. My God. Logan this- knows. Like, me and Logan, we used to go party. I think, Probably told the story before. Me and Logan, we, we were hype. We were hype. We were going out. My boy Lawrence had a, he had an apartment. Went to Lawrence's apartment. Lawrence's like, I'm going to cook for y'all. Um, like, all right. Because we're about to drink. And he cooked, I'll never forget, he cooked some like broccoli pasta. Me and Logan were like. Is he black? Yeah, he was black. 
Black people love putting broccoli in their pasta. Broccoli in anything. Yeah, like broccoli, fettuccine Alfredo is like yeah. now a black dish. Like, so <laughs> so while he's do- cooking, me and Logan to start, decide to play some tonk. And if you know tonk, we're playing this one-on-one tonk. Well, let's play for shots. And we got a bottle of Bacardi. I'll never drink Bacardi again because Shout of out to the Bacardi Lamone era of, and, of hip-hop. And, yeah, and all we had were glasses. We didn't have shot glasses. So as you're drunk, you're just pouring bigger shots. Freehand in it. And then, you know, you punk, drink up. And by the end of the night, like in an hour, without eating, we drank this whole bottle of Bacardi. Logan doesn't remember anything else for the rest of the Mind you, you're like 110 pounds. At that time, I was very lightweight. <laughs> yeah, very. And I'm like, and Lawrence's like, let's go to the club. We're like, yeah, yeah, let's go to the club. And I'm blacking out. I know it's, it's bad news. We get to the club. I, they, you know, the car door opens. I just leaned out the car and was like, y'all have fun. I went to sleep. Yo. And in the night, all I remember is that Logan was getting kicked out of the club because he kept picking girls up. Not like dating. He was literally picking girls up. <laughs> Physically. Yeah. It's like just picking girls up to dance with him. And they were like, you can't do that, sir. And he got kicked out. And we all went to, and Logan, I mean, uh, Lawrence had no furniture in his apartment. So we just slept on the floor. And I wasn't hung over the next day, which was crazy. I woke up, I was like, to be young. <laughs> and I was like, where am I? What happened? And Lawrence was like, yeah, you just went to sleep. I was like, I didn't go to the club? And he was like, no. And I was like, shit. <laughs> I missed the club. And they, they was like, it was the reggae floor, the deep, the go-go. You missed it all. I was like, damn. I just slept in the car. Fam, I've had those nights. Like, I've gotten so drunk in Arizona. My first time going to Arizona, um, I went and visited my cousin, went with my best friend Ray, other friend at the time. And for some reason, like, we decided to, we drove out, got there at like noon. And then there's like a street by ASU. I forgot the name of it offhand. But like, it's the college part. We're like 22, 23. You're like, all right, we're going to go drink there. Um, might be called Mill Ave. So we went to go drink there. Got day drunk. And half of the bars there are like tequila bars. And it's stupid cheap in Arizona. So like Scottsdale is mad cheap. Even though we didn't have no money, we had enough to get pretty damn drunk. Then went back to my cousin's crib. They're like, yo, we're going to take a nap. We're going out later. Like old Scottsdale, whatever. Um, it's like, bet. I'm staying up. My cousin drinks Bacardi Limon. Pulls out the Limon bottle. He just pours it on the rocks. So me and him reminiscing, chilling. I haven't seen him since New York. We drinking. Then he had just started drinking. I had been drinking all day. 100 degrees in Arizona. Well, that shit hits different when it's stupid hot outside. Next thing you know, I'm like, yo, I missed my nap window. Everybody else waking up refreshed. You got wing stop. I'm good. You know, my wing stop. Like, oh, the food will help. I get to the club. Club. Scottsdale. <laughs> their club. I get to the club, which is really just a bar. Get there at like 10 because you bar hop all night to like 2 p.m. or 2 a.m., 3 a.m. So we get to the first spot. My cousin's friend P is there. He's like, oh, Kel, you're in Arizona. They always come out here to Vegas. He's like, oh, you here with us? I got you. Orders a tray of tequila. I was like, fuck it, I'm young. I do whatever I want. I take one shot of Patron. I remember shit else for the rest of the night. Gone. There's pictures of me. <laughs> My friend Ray memed me before memes were a thing. I passed out in a thing of bushes, rose bushes, outside the club. <laughs> Somehow I got outside the club. Everybody's still partying inside in the parking lot. And I'm passed out in the bushes, and I was wearing, like, a vest, like a dressy vest and a button-up. But actually, I was dressing back then. A dressy vest and a button-up, and my arms are crossed on my chest. 
like Undertaker. <laughs> and he memed this as I'm sleep though. So every time now I get to be like, yo, don't drink too much. You're going to be sleep. And I am gone. And it's probably 1130 at night. And then they take me weekends of Bernie style to three other clubs. Because <laughs> Scottsdale has golf carts that are like, get oh you from God. club to club. So you don't have to do the walking distance, I guess, if women have shoes on. They just put me in the back, like the bench seat of the golf cart, laid me down. Those two went in the front. And they're like taking pictures of me just like out and dragging me from club to club. <laughs> I didn't remember. I don't remember anything. I woke up 3 a.m., 3.30 a.m. I'm in the back of what is now the car that we drove there. But we ain't drive all night. So we must have went back to the apartment, got the car. My one friend went through a jack-in-the-box drive-thru. And I woke up in the drive-thru. And I, I just, first words out of my mouth was, two tacos, ranch. And that was it. <laughs> I had some Jack in the Box. They were trying to holler at girls behind us in the drive-thru line. I don't remember anything. I know I ate my tacos, woke up the next day. Fine. Drove home the next day, like 10 a.m. Took the five-hour drive. I was like, yo, I'm good. That's incredible. All right, so we do have to talk about MMA, but I want to put this out there to the listeners and you. I, oh, no. I want to discuss this next week. So one night, my wife texts me and goes, do you know what the Miss Pat show is? I have no idea. And she was like, you should watch it. I was like, what's it about? She's like, I can't tell you. <laughs> so it's on BET. Oh. Show called The Mispatch. This is where we started wrong. I watched this show. I need somebody to talk about this with. So I, listeners, you can, in your, you can mention it. If you've seen it, you can say if you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, watch it. Then I'm going to watch this. And we're going to talk on TV. I'm going to have a conversation because we haven't really talked TV shows or anything in a while. I want to have a conversation about this show. This show... It's a series. It's a series called The Miss Pat Show. Don't read anything about it. Just put it on. Just watch it. Just... And then... Because... I watched it and I was confused. Okay. I don't get confused watching a TV show. (laughs) Like, I watch... So, I'm... I'm watching it. My son is in the bed and is co-sleeping. So I can, my wife is on this side, on the other on my left. But I can't really see her face because my son is he's propped up on his co-sleeping. And I'm watching the show and I'm like looking over. And my wife just keeps, she looks back at me and she's like, she keeps shrugging. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, what? And at a certain point, I was like, yo, I sat up and I was like, yo, what am I watching? <laughs> and I was like, what is this? And she was like, watch another episode. And I watched another episode, and I was like, I was just, I was confused. I'm, I'm, I'm still confused. The Miss Pat Show. The Miss, watch the Miss Pat Show. Season one. There's only one season. Okay. There may not be another season. It got picked up for another season. Okay, okay. Just watch it, because I just, I have questions. I have thoughts. There's so much about this show, because I've never seen anything like this. Patch. And when I say, because some of y'all are going to go, never seen anything like this. It must be like confusing, complex. No, just watch it. Just watch it and just. We I'm now intrigued. It. That is the best promo ever for a BET show, by the way. And I'm like, <laughs> Tyler Perry just needs to run that. Uh, and someone will watch it. I, my, that's what my wife did to me. She was like, just watch it. And I watched it and I was just, I kept looking at her. I was like, well, I'm binge the Miss Pat show this week <laughs> yeah. around all this combat sports. This episode with like, remember Waldo Faldo for Family Matters? Yeah. He's, he's in there. Oh, shit. Watch, I think that's episode six. 
Watch that episode. <laughs> well, I'll watch all of it. Eight episodes, I'm assuming. All right. We'll talk Waldo about it. Fall, though. Under, it's under 30 minutes. It's a 22-minute sitcom. Sitcom? Yeah. <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> just just watch it. I, 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 was, I am intrigued. I'm so confused. But yeah, let's talk man, about it. I can't man. wait. Uh, let's hit the break. Miss Pat show. Yep. <laughs> I guess we're going to have a lot to talk about in the opening segment next week. You guys don't go anywhere. We have tons to talk about. Tons of UFC and a UFC guest. Amanda Rivas is joining us today ahead of her fight with Caitlin Chukagian coming up this weekend. So you guys don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. All right, everyone, we are back. Time to finally talk MMA. <laughs> so we had a pay-per-view card last week in the UFC. PFL debuted. I had to cover PFL. That kind of went as planned. We saw uh, Pettis finally got a win there. Roy McDonald got a win. And then Kayla Harrison keeps running through people. So <laughs> that's happened in PFL. But in the UFC-wise, UFC 274 went down in Arizona. Good crowd, good card. We previewed the card last week. Everything on this card lead, like, kind of lived up to expectations. No, it didn't. Except the co-main event, this card did not which live, we will talk. This card did not live up to expectations. You didn't like the fight card outside of that? No, I'll put it like this. When I mentioned last week that, I think, with the exception of, of adding Rose and Amayunis' bonuses, there were 88 fight bonuses on the main card. And then you lost Cowboy. That hurt. And then, obviously, Rose and Carla, which we'll talk about, was fucking dreadful. And then... Um, <laughs> Tell them how you really fit. Chandler and Ferguson was violence. And uh, Oliveira and Gage was violence. violence. For as long as they last. But there wasn't really a competitive fight on the card. Did you want competitive? Like, you I, wanted the 25-minute, like... Like, I wanted... There was not, like, a fight of the night. It was like murder, murder, boredom, and then two okay fights. The Chaos Williams fight with the first fight was, eh. Was OSP and, and Shogun, I can't believe they went the distance. And then Shogun was like, I can't believe I lost. And I was like, did you watch the fight? <laughs> so that card had a lot of hype, and it didn't live up to the hype. It wasn't a bad card. We'll talk about the two knockouts. We'll talk about the Comey. I don't know where you want to start, but it was all right. Oh, yeah. I mean, the ESPN portion wasn't bad. Because, I mean… We had Ivanov winning Roy Val with the sub. The Roy Val sub on Matt Schnell is, was the strangest thing because it felt like Schnell was in control of that fight. Yeah. And there was a spot where Schnell gets up and Roy Val just jumps on his neck, neck. and it's over. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know if that was a brain fart because I, I was watching it as I was watching a terrible Canelo undercard. I looked down, I saw Schnell starting to get up and I saw Roy Val just like, ah! He jumped on his neck, and I was like, there's no way he's just going to submit him like that. Yep. Easy. That's all it takes. Crazy. Um, Francisco Chinaldo won. Ageless Francisco. I was about to say, old people in MMA is just, yeah. this is their time. And then, of course, Cerrone um, got sick, had a stomach bug. I heard he, compete. What did he do? Eat some carne aside? Like, what did he do? I don't know. Single to Maya weekend. You can't do that. Like, listen, he, man, you're a professional fighter. Got off the scales. He's hungry. You can't be at, like, Taco Eat Taco. Out of some random food truck the night before your fight. 
Tacos El Gordo. Yeah, you, but you can't do it because you're about to fight. You don't want to mess up your digestive system. That seems yeah. like what he did. But I feel like Cowboy's just like, I'm a cowboy. Well, now he's fighting in Austin, Texas, where he could really be a cowboy since they rebooked him and Lozon for UFC Fight Night June 16th. 18th? 18th? Yeah. Yeah, so good for him. Bad for Joe. Joe Lozon is almost, has been almost three years since he last fought. He gets all the way up to the day of the fight. He's getting, going up that roller coaster, ready to go on the other side of it. And the roller coaster says, come back down. Yep. Try this again later. Now go back to training camp. I don't want to do any of that. At all. Cut weight all over again. Yeah. Oh, that's going to suck. And then, yeah, Randy Brown versus Chaos Williams. Hey, Chaos Williams, the, the luster is worn. Yeah, I mean, I picked him to win, but Randy Brown just was better than him. Yep. Cut more angles, whatever. Uh, OSP for Shogun. Touched on it. OSP wins. The streak is alive. Yeah, OSP's back. Yes, so um, we're back in the wing column. I feel like we're like 66% on guests oh, this year. We have to do the record. Yeah, we're, we're doing pretty damn good. Maybe Producer Cole, we got to add these up on to, to know where we stand with guests and their following fight. And then uh, now we'll start Michael Chandler versus Tony Ferguson. It's over, Tony. It's over. It is over. It looks so good in that first round. Chin doesn't recover. It really doesn't. Justin Gaethje took years off that man's life with that beat. Just took him off. Every punch, he aged like seven years. He aged in dog years. <laughs> right? Now he's like 93 in the octagon. And he goes in there and he has a, a good, nice little sprint. He drops Chandler real quick. Second round comes. I don't think Michael Chandler's ever thrown a front kick in his life. <laughs> like the first one. Like, I know fighters throw teep kicks. All right, cool. Michael Chandler threw a kick to his face. I've never seen Chandler do this. Not only does he connect, he murders him. Out cold. Like, Tony Ferguson's never been knocked out cold before. Gaethje just beat the brakes off him. But the chin was broken. Yep. I always use that that analogy of chipping at the stone. Well, that's what Gaethje did. All it needed was a nice little hit. That nut just cracked. Pop. Tony Ferguson's on the the face down. Michael Chandler does like seven backflips. Yeah. (laughs) He has like, so much is, energy. I was like, this is impressive. Now, I'm going to get back to the Ferguson moment in a second. But Chandler, Vince McMahon would be proud. Michael Chandler cut the most epic promo. And then he said, he said, Hunter and Dana, in case you have a lapse of judgment, pause for effect. <laughs> There's another fighter out there, Conor McGregor. I'll fight you at 170. I was like, this is like the best promo ever. <laughs> Michael Chandler has always been a great fighter. Always fun to watch. Never in a bad fight. But he realized now, not all you can do. Yep. You've already been beat by the champion. You've got beat up by Justin Gaethje. In a hell of a fight, you're the only person that's gone the distance with Gaethje. Yep. But now you got to figure out what to do. Go get that money. Call out McGregor. That's the fight. That's it. That's all I want to see. Before I was like, I want to see Masvidal and Connor. Nope. Now I want to see Mas- uh, uh, Connor and Chandler 170. That's the fight I want to see. And Chandler's not big. No, so he's 40, t- he was a 45 at one point. Yeah, so like... Even though Connor was too, but Connor's like, I kind of like being built like a refrigerator. Yeah, I mean, he is. He is. Oh, oh he's huge. Yeah, it's like, what are you making, 205 now? Like, <laughs> he's huge. But, but dude, that, that, that knockout backflip promo combo, yeah. WWE's like, hmm. Reminded me of Chad Gable. Yeah. The way that I needed was a shoosh. Yeah, it was, it was, it was good. I mean, that, I, I thought... Chandler was going to knock Ferguson out. I, I said it. Yeah. He's done. I didn't, I didn't see it like this. Not a front kick. And then he NFT'd him. Yo, photo of the weekend. Yo, Frankie Edgar, like, 
the NFT board ape Frank Yeager fo- photo <laughs> when when Cheeto Vera kicked him yep. in the face. Tony Ferguson's face was like, "Hold my beer." Yep. And I've used that photo three times already on ESPN MMA Soldier. Yo, and I've just been literally, I've just been working it. Wednesday and Thursday this week. I've used it three times. Props to whoever the photographer is that captures that shot. Oh, that, that got was, their money's worth. Though. That was brutal. Now, I don't know if you agree with this, but super old man face. Yeah, Tony Ferguson, it's over. It is over. He looked 90 in that photo. Yeah, it's, it's done. I know Tony Ferguson's still going to want to fight. But it's over. If Cowboy wins, he can get Cowboy. I mean, now we're just, we're just running through a series of losers leaves town matches. Yeah, like, that's, that's that's where he is. It turns into the, the Ric Flair special. Remember leading up to WrestleMania when he wrestled Shawn Michaels? Every match was like, if you lose, you go home. Yeah, and he kept winning. <laughs> and then he finally gets to Shawn Michaels and gets his face kicked in. I think that's where we're at. Ferguson, Lozon, I feel like Jim Miller's going to be in there at some point as well. Yeah, Jim's kind of rolling along. He is, but it, is Diego gone? Yeah, yeah, Diego's gone. Oh, okay, he fought. Kevin Lee and uh, Khabib shit. Oh, he did. He did. But I think you can make a tournament to go home, the go home tournament. So only one stays? Yeah. It's the stay home tournament? They, they stay and they get a bunch of money and everybody else, if you lose, you retire. I'm with it. Makes sense to me. I mean, I hate telling people when to retire, but I, I'm sure we can find enough people where you can go, well, if you lose, you're out. If you fought in strike force, probably time to go. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I've- WEC? Clay might, be time might to go. fall on that list, right? Clay? Clay's in there? If Pettis was still around, he'd be on that list. I mean, everyone outside of Jose Aldo. Like, imagine the incentive. Like, a million dollars, more than any champion makes if you win this tournament, but if you lose, it's the end of your UFC. Well, end of your MMA career. Maybe it was all signed a contract. It's like blood sport. Yeah, yes. Umate. Umate. Like, <laughs> that's what I want. It's, ter- it's terrible. It's a terrible thing because I'd be t- sending a bunch of fighters to go to hell, right? <laughs> But if you do a tournament where everybody that loses has to retire from MMA and the winner gets $1 million, imagine what, dude, like that those idea. fights would be like hellacious. I would also say you can only win by stoppage. What are you going to do? KO or submission. Clock? Pride rules? No, no just soccer if, kicks. If, if for any reason after 15 minutes it goes to decision, y'all both go home. Damn. That's it. That's so, a hell of a caveat. So the whole time you got to go for the finish. But I'm with it. Yeah, let's do it. That's the only thing that counts. If not y'all both going home, congrats, whoever you're supposed to fight gets a bye. Yeah. That being said, it's it Tony Ferguson is just like I don't know what fix it. There there's no fix or a chin. No. And it's unfortunate because there was a time where people thought Tony Ferguson was the best lightweight in the world. Thought he was the guy to beat Habib. Yeah. And it's like it when it when it comes down, it's like Roy Jones, man. You you're done. You're donezo. And what do I say? You got to adjust. You can't fight the same way. Yep. Now, Tony Ferguson, you can't even take a punch. You got kicked in the face. Are you a jiu-jitsu specialist guy now? Like, what do you do? <laughs> How do you fix it? Like, watching Anthony Pettis in PFL, seems like he's starting to figure it out. Yeah. We can't I mean, rely on your wrestling has yeah. gotten a lot better. But you have to adjust. You have to change your game. Ferguson's going to have to change his game or, or he's just going to continue getting knocked out every week. However long he wants to. How, yeah, however long Dana allows him to stay and, and get knocked out. Like, I don't know if you can be on a five-fight losing streak anymore. like Because nah, he's man. somewhat expensive. Yeah, he's somewhat expensive. And, like, Oliveira dominated you. Okay, understandable. Gaethje broke you. Okay, understandable. Cool. This knockout, 
it's not like Chandler is necessarily worse, but it was just the level of violence to the finishes are going up. It was the same thing with Roy. Remember, Roy gets knocked out by Tarver? Remember when Glenn Johnson knocked him out? Yeah. It got sad. That was, yeah, that's what it was. It was like, it wasn't like, oh, it was like, oh. Yeah, it got real sad. You just feel bad for Roy. Yeah, it's like, oh, come on, Roy, get up. <laughs> Tony Ferguson getting kicked in the face like that. Because um, I remember I was sitting in front of you. Yep. And I looked at you and you and Heidi Fang were sitting next to each other. And I was like. <laughs> and then somebody was like, yo, Heidi was like, he still hasn't got up. And I was like, wait a second. I rewinded this. So how long ago was this? It was like 10 minutes he had not got up. He was down. Oh, man. I, if I get knocked out like that, it's over. Oh. All my kids would be like, hey, daddy's not going to get scared y'all anymore. Or, yo, nobody's allowed to watch my fights anymore. Yeah. Because, like, really going to give a family member a heart attack. Exactly. All bad. And then, uh, so, I mean, Tony, we'll see what his future holds. Because now they got to drop his level of competition. Oh, absolutely. You got to fight someone ranked like 11. But even then, you're looking at the lightweight division, which is it's not an easy 11. Between that and Bantamway, the two murderous divisions in the UFC. Where There's nowhere to go. You can't hide. Nah. They don't do tune-up fights. No. <laughs> they do. You have, and that's one thing I always give Dana White and the UFC credit for is like, they ain't going to give you a soft toe. It's, it's time to go. It's just time to go. Yeah, when it's because that's a tough fall down the ladder. Yeah. It, if you got to get beat up by number six, number eight, number 11, number 13. Like, yeah, they're going to keep coming for you. Yep. Andre Arlovsky's done a fantastic job of being like, well, I'm still here. Yep. They keep giving Arlovsky fights. And he keeps winning. Because 10 through whatever can't beat him. Garbage. But above 10, now it gets yeah, a little dicey. Now you're going to get him killed. Like yeah. At a certain point, Dana's going to say, all right, we're going to put you out of the pasture. Him yeah. and Hunter... Give him a fight against, like, Derek Lewis. Lewis yeah. And Andre Olaski be like, what the fuck did I do to you? Tied to Ivasa. Yeah, so, get him <laughs> killed. But other than that, like, Tony's in that spot. It's the wrong division to face, to try to find, like, a soft touch. It doesn't exist. Going to be rough. And then, co-main event, Rose Namajunas versus Carla Esparza. Holy shit. The only thing worse than the action in the octagon, because I went back and watched it. It's tough. Tough watch. Mm. Only thing that got me through was my wife made these delicious uh, mini cheesecakes. I had like three of them during this fight. Only thing enjoyed. Only thing that was worse for me was Rose's press conference afterwards, where she just like, I don't have to be exciting every fight. Like, why can't I be strategic? You can't because you're going to lose, dude. You weren't strategic and winning. You were strategically boring and losing. That's why you can't be strategic. And why you have to go out there, be aggressive, and take chances and get hit. Yes, Rose, you got to get hit. That's your game. Okay. My first question. I think you're going to answer this the way I expect you. Who is at fault for this boring-ass fight? Rose or Carla? Or both? Both. No. Rose. It, it was paralysis by analysis. This, no, this is Rose's fault. 100% Rose. Here's why. Carla Spaza is the same fighter she was when she beat Rose six years ago. Fair. Same exact fighter. Wrestling. You know exactly what she's going to do. She's never been a great striker. And I said it on the last show in the preview. I was like, if she falls in love with the striking, she's going to get knocked out. Yep. She is obviously aware that Rose is a much better striker now. So the whole fight, she was like, trying to find my entry point, trying to find my entry point. Rose, you lost to Carla. You're the more evolved fighter. And for a lot of us, you're the better fighter. When this fight was booked, we we're like, oh, Rose is just going to get her win back. Easy. But not only did Rose not do shit, you, you point, she didn't take a chance. And 
I was asked this question on uh, Unlocking the Cage or one of the shows I did on Serious Week about is this the worst title fight of all time? I said no. Here's why. Something worse? Wonder Boy and Tyron Woodley was fucking bad. It was, but at least they knocked each other into oblivion no, no, in the no. fight beforehand. The fight beforehand. Then they got scared The rematch, it was just, they just froze. Uh, I think Arlovsky and I believe Tim there Sylvia. was a knockdown still in that one. I can't remember. Fifth round. No, that was the first fight. That's how it ended up as a draw. Don't oh, Woodley knocked him down again. Somebody may correct me. Arlovsky, Tim Sylvia was absolutely trash. Yeah. Uh, Anderson Silva versus Talos Leites was really that bad. That was really bad. <laughs> Here's the difference between those fights and this one. Wonderboy and Woodley is the wor- one of the worst fights. Why? Because we thought somebody was getting knocked out. Yeah. It was 50-50 at the time. We were like, Expectations Wonder Boy, are very Yeah, Wonderboy, they're both violent guys. The expectations are high. The fight sucks. Tim Sylvia, Andre Arlovsky, go back and watch that fight. It's fucking terrible. But Arlovsky was the pit bull at the time. You thought he knocked somebody out. There was no chance in hell Carlos Esparza was knocking Rose out. No. It wasn't like Rose was dealing with a very physical and violent threat. All Rose was concerned about was being put on her back. A situation that she's evolved and now she can get up. So why are you keeping your distance? There were four strikes landed in the first round total. <laughs> this, there, Carla did what Carla does. That's it? Tiger went tiger. Except <laughs> it wasn't a tiger. It was like a puppy. Ro- it, what, what are you doing, Rose? You got to be aggressive. You got to do something. You'd rather just be taken down on the ground and figure it out. Trevor Whitman's in Rose's corner. I don't know how much of the blame I put on Trevor Whitman, but by the time you get to the third round of not doing shit, somebody's got to take that lighter and light it under your ass and be like, are you going to fight or what? Yep. Here's my analysis of Rose Namajunas, and I think she's on the MMA hour right now with Ariel Hawani as we're recording this. Somebody's saying that they're addressing grooming. <laughs> and Pat Barry on the show right now, which is scary. That's yeah. odd. So, but here's my thing with Rose. Rose has beat Willie Zhang twice. Yohan and Jacek twice. Jessica Andrade. Murderers. Rose has beat them. You want to know why Rose beat them? She was scared. There was a threat. There was a, vi- there was a vital threat in front of her, and it made her address the threat. Carla was no threat. And because there was no threat, Rose just sat there and waited for something to happen that was never going to happen. And then in the post-fight, she says, you know, you don't score defense? No, Rose. It's called <laughs> fighting. This is in the NFL where defense was like wins Mayweather. championships. It's like, oh, Mayweather won fights. And even when Mayweather had defense, he made you pay for your mistakes. Rose did nothing in this fight. She gave that belt to Carlos Esparza. And now the rest of that division? Licking her lips. Everybody's like, it's time. Because Carla's the same fighter. That's it. Joanna fights Carla tomorrow. She beats her the same way she did when she beat the brakes off her to get that title. You know what this shows me above everything else? And we'll never know because of injury. Tatiana Suarez would have ran through this division. I don't know if she would have ran through it, but she probably would have been champion. She's so unique. And that ground game and wrestling is so developed. When you see someone like Carla Esparza, who doesn't have the finishing tools in her ground game, just the threat of wrestling, because the entire top five are strikers. No one's equipped to no. handle Suarez at all. She gets any one of them on the ground, it's over. Andrade's not. Andrade's is the problem. She's always the problem. 
right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because she's like strong enough, me. Everyone else, it is a problem because they have no clue how to handle it. I, listen, man, I, Carla Sparza is now your UFC strawweight champion. Again, two times. The longest gap between the first title reign and the second title reign. And I feel bad for Carla because this is not her fault. She won. She, wasn't, she didn't necessarily get a gift, but Rose didn't do anything to prevent her from winning that fight. She doesn't feel like a champion today. No, she feels like Jack Swagger. I'm going to just run down names of champions that nobody gave a shit about. Jack <laughs> Swagger, Lehman Brewster. Uh, uh, WWE champions, we could, there's a bunch of them. And not even Jinder <laughs> Mahal. At least Jinder Mahal was like, oh, okay, yeah. he got a new entrance. It's kind of cool. But I said Lehman Brewster because I'll never forget when Lehman Brewster knocked out Klitschko and everybody was like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> like, there's always somebody that gets a, a title and you're like, what are they doing with that? Carlos her second Cosmo. title. Yeah, it's her second title reign as a strawweight champion. Boy, really? Everybody. Everybody in that division. Except for the ones that were lost to her. Uh, there's Amanda Rebus who's going to be on the show. Still at 115? I think she could get to 115 if she really... I yeah. Think, we're going to talk to Amanda Rebus. I'm going to have to ask her. Like, you float between divisions. I know you're looking at this like... If I beat Caitlin Chukagian... Maybe I'll just go down and ask for a title shot. Because everybody else is busy. Everybody else is fighting each other. Willie Zang and Joanna's fighting again. Right? So it's like, all right, let me sneak in there and get... Uh, that fight sucked. It wasn't good, man. It that wasn't good. It's all, all Rose's fault. I, people blame Carl. I don't blame Carl. at all. It's so bad, Rose doesn't get a rematch. No, no. Who wants to see, see that, that again? again? Yeah, like, it's so bad that you have beaten the best of the best in your division, and they're not even going to give you an immediate rematch. Any other division. We've seen it twice. Like here. No, they're like, yo, you stunk it up. No one's watching. Yo, it, it sucked the second time. The first time Carla blanketed her. Rose is in an O2 hole. Why would I do an immediate trilogy? Yeah. You've lost twice. You're bad. So now again, the next person is like, oh, let's get it. Willie Zane, the winner of Willie Zane, you want it? Like they, they should change that fight to a five round fight. <laughs> immediate title shot out. Yep. Immediately. Time to get a belt back. Ugh. Yep. So that's, what's, we'll, Damn, that fight was bad. It's just, it was bad. Main event, Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje. Called it. Man, I thought Justin was going to win. Oh, he's going to get The fight out. starts. I thought Justin was going to win. Justin drops him twice. Oliveira's chin is underrated. His, his resolve is underrated. His yeah. Band is, yeah, Because you can't... To beat him now, right now, you got to knock him spark out. Because if you knock him down, everyone's scared to death to go into the guard to finish him. Yep. What's problematic, you got to let him back up. You knock him down again, you got to let him back up. And it showed when he got back up, he just got to knock you down once. Because he is not scared to get into your guard. And it's, it's over. And that's what it was. If Gaethje would have jumped into the guard and tried finishing him, might have had a better chance. He wasn't going to try that yet. Mm-mm. And Oliveira has a very unique set of skills. And those submissions, 21 submissions now? Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. There's only one guy I want to see him fight. Who? He has to fight Islam. Yes, that's the fight. Makashev. That's absolutely the fight. Makashev says, actually, yo, I do not worry about your jujitsu at all. And I think he's true. Like, I think he's honest to God, like, really that confident. I got another name for it. I'm going to mention it in a second. I want to talk about the fight real quick. One, I told you, rear naked choke. I told yeah. you that was going to happen. Yeah. All Charles had to do was find an opening, and there's nothing just against you could do. There's nothing. nothing anybody can do about it. 
Charles Oliveira has not lost since 2015, I believe. Yes. 18? It's been, it's been deep. He only has one I'm decision, right and that was against Tony Ferguson, and he wore Tony Ferguson out. Everybody else, he's finished. Let's first talk about the unique set of skills. Got knocked out by Paul Felder in 2017. Yeah, and I talked to Paul Felder on, with, uh, on uh, Unlocking the Cage on SiriusXM. I was like, you're the last person that beat him. I was like, I'm retired. Like, yeah. I'm good. That's 20, a different monster in there now. 2017. Charles Oliveira. He got submitted by Anthony Pettis. Yeah. Anthony Pettis, is, you look at Anthony Pettis' record, he's beat some people. Yeah. Charles Oliveira has a very unique set of skills because none of them are defensive. It's all <laughs> offense. Yeah. It's, 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 he knocked out Michael Chan. He submitted Justin Gaethje. He has a hat. He gets hit. It's not like he's not in trouble in every fight he's in. Every single one now. He gets in trouble, but it's like, well, he's not dead. He just gets stronger. Not, and not even strong. Like, Gaethje used to get stronger. Like, my, Michael Johnson hit him. And he wakes hit, him up. Yeah, he's like, oh, all right, let's fight. Yeah. Oliveira gets hit, goes down, and was like, I got you where I want you. And it's like, what the fuck do you mean? And then it's like, now he gets up. You watch the Gaethje fight. He knocks, Gaethje knocks him down. What does Oliveira do? He gets up, wraps him in a tie, yep. and starts throwing knees. And Gaethje's like, wait. Like, I wasn't expecting this. I was expecting me to pick apart. Yep. And what did Gaethje do? He went back to the old Gaethje. Because he had to just throw punches because he kept coming. Yep. I was like, I can't believe this fool's coming at me the way he is. And left himself open. Yeah. And then get caught. The other thing is, Charles Oliveira, yes, he missed weight. I don't care. He's the UFC lightweight champion. I don't give a shit. A lot of people say, like, the scale was off. No, I talked to Mark Radner. Charles missed weight. That's it. It sucks, but he missed weight. Yeah. But I think, I don't care. He's the champ. Look, the champ doesn't even come to the cage with the belt. Right? But when, yeah, the no. next fight that Charles Oliveira has, he's the champ. The only thing this is affects is his check. Mm. That's the only thing that matters. And I hope he's getting pay-per-view points. They gave, Dana said he gave him. I'm talking about his next fight. Oh, going forward. Huh? Yeah, because if he's not getting a, a, a champion's uh, salary, I yeah. hope he's getting pay-per-view points because he's the draw going into whatever fight's next. Mm. Dependent. It ain't going to be Conor. <laughs> Dependent. If, if Conor decides he wants to cut down, Conor gets that fight. It won't be Conor. I don't think so. I don't think Conor yeah. wants to cut down. No, he don't want to cut down. And you don't want to face a guy. Who, it's it's Makachev. It's, it's, it's yeah, Makachev or this other person. But hang on. It's not Makachev. They're going to make him fight. Darius. But, no, there he is. but Charles might wait. He might wait. He's had a lot of fights. But I, I don't know how conducive to the, his longevity that Charles Oliveira can keep doing this. Right now, he's effectively like almost cleaned out the entire division. Yep. But the fact that he gets hurt every fight, because he's, now he's 31. And I said this on the last show about Canelo. Once you pass 31, shit starts to change. I don't know if he can still take those punches by whoever's coming up when he turns 32, 33. He's going to have to shore up his defense. He can't keep getting hit like this. But as long as it works, can't nobody stop him. Now, Daniel Cormier had Charles Oliveira before this fight as the number three lightweight of all time. Yeah. We're on, I hate doing it because he's in the middle of the run and I can't quantify it until he's done. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, he's probably the best. He's, he's the best. He's hands down the best. And nobody saw this coming. There has never been, and you tell me if you can find one, I've never been a fighter who has evolved in this way and been this dominant after being 500 for half his career. Nobody. Damn. I mean, Robbie Lawler, Robbie Lawler. in a sprint. It was close. That like, was pretty damn good, but it wasn't. And again, we saw the fall of that sprint. Yeah. So we don't know the fall. But it was short. It was the Hendricks fight. Yeah, it was quick. Quick fast. 
You know, and then, then he ran into uh, Tyron Woodley and got killed. But Charles Oliveira was a 500 fighter on his way out of the UFC two years before they was talking about retiring. Yeah. Goes to shoot box, retools his game, finally goes to lightweight after playing around a featherweight and hasn't lost, hasn't only had one decision. One yeah. decision. And holds... Finishing everyone. Holds the UFC record. Finishes. Submission. Performance of the night bonuses. I mean, the man started at like 20. But yeah, yeah, but we usually... Guys don't find it. They find a second win. They still go like they go ah, one and two, like yeah. three and four. This fucker ain't lost. No, no. He's the champ. I've never seen anything like Got this. some hands. He is off. Who said this? Was it Paul Felt? Was it RJ Clifford? So the Charles Oliveira is the Fedor of the lightweight division. Fedor used to be in every fight and get in trouble. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then he just beat the shit out of you. At some point, it was like he didn't look very, Fedor didn't look imposing. He would get hurt. He was vulnerable, but he'd fuck you up. Charles Alvera, it looks the same. You look at Charles Alvera. Justin so who Gaethje, is he behind in the division? Who? Who? Charles Alvera, all time. You said that he's number one? Number one in like, I mean, all time. Depends. I think, a, I mean, Khabib is the number one it, like, yeah, of all yeah. time. It's Khabib, and then it's like, this one, Frank Yeager. Okay. Then there's BJ Penn. You could put Charles in there somewhere. You yeah. put him ahead of BJ now. Yeah, I think it's- uh, Frank Yeager, you might be because Frank Yeager has wars with Gray Maynard. Frank Yeager had no business at lightweight. He was a featherweight. Yeah. Fighting a lightweight and became the champion. But it's Charles Oliveira. It's Khabib. It's like here, but Charles Oliveira is like right there now. And it's like, like Fedor. Like he gets hurt, he recovers, he fixes whatever's wrong, and then he finishes you. Khabib would have beat him. But as every say fight, that convincing. every fight that passes, the first time when, when Charles Oliveira first won the title, it was like Khabib in one. Second fight was like Khabib in two. The fight's yeah. getting longer now. No, it, it is. And if, if in a perfect world, which will, nothing's ever perfect, if Charles Oliveira was to finish Islam Makhachev, then people would be like, yo, oh, maybe he would. And Khabib should be, that's his guy. Yeah. Yo, if I'm Danis, like, how many millions do you want to come back to fight Charles Oliveira? The story is there. You seen Habib lately? Oh, he ain't fighting. He's done. <laughs> no, he's H- done. Habib 200 right yeah. now. But Habib is loving life. But if, if Habib, if, if Charles Oliveira were to beat Islam Makhachev and dominate him and finish him, we got to have a conversation. Yeah. Because Makhachev comes from the same train, school of thought that Khabib comes from. Yep. And you don't want to deal with that jujitsu. Then you got to give the guy Conor McGregor. Because again, you need to put somebody over on McGregor. Yeah. yeah. Like, and then at that point, only the less for Charles is like, yo, give me McGregor. Like, now it's payday. Yep. Okay. Here's my name. I know you said Makhachev. Alexander Volkanov. If Volk beats Max Holloway again at International Fight Week, this is stupid. Did you know that Alexander Volkanovsky and Max Holloway have fought, this is the third time, yeah. they've never main evented? Really? They've been the co-main every single time. Yeah. If Volk beats Holloway, he has cleaned out the featherweight division. Yeah. There's nobody left. He's already talked about going to lightweight. We've seen how dominant he is. People say he's undersized. But is there not a Habib disciple down there? Yeah, but who cares? Like, he's still working his way up. Like, you look at that division. Like, he's cleaned out the division. He's yeah. beat everybody. Volk played rugby at over 200 pounds. So, making 155 is not a problem. No. Volk was in the submission of all submissions against Brian Ortega and got out of that shit. That was crazy. Give me Volk versus Oliveira champion versus champion fight. I know people want Makhachev. 
But if something happens and Makachev loses the Benil Darius or it's really competitive, I would 100%. If Volk, let's say Volk's. Oh, yeah, there's no one else to fight. Yeah, in let's, say, let's say Volk knocks out Max Holloway. Yeah. That is absolutely the fight to wait, make. Volk versus Oliveira? The poster with the belts? Yeah, fight. I'm not mad at that. Because Oliveira's not going to 45, but Volk could go to 55. Yeah. That's the fight. That, I know everybody wants to see Makachev, but Makachev's going to be there. He ain't going nowhere. Volk is the champ. He wants to do big things. Champ versus champ, the fight sells itself. Fuck, I would love to see Aldo come back up and challenge him. Volk ain't losing to nobody at 45. If I Max, just like the, the, yeah. the aesthetic of like Jose Aldo coming yeah. back. Like that's just a good another name. I'm just trying to figure out who else there could be. There's no, nobody. Like, it's literally move up. It, there's no, like, this is one, one of the most underrated runs that nobody's really talking about. Volkan, obviously, because of the Holloway situation, people were like, oh, well, you know, he's dominant. But then, you know, the way he beat Brian Ortega, the way he beat a zombie, obviously, he just murdered him. Yep. But if he were to, if he were to stop Max Holloway, there ain't nothing for that man to do at 45. That, at all. And the thing is, the crazy thing is, Volk versus, Volkanovski versus Oliveira, it's a big fight. It's not a huge, it's not like a counter fight. No. But it's a fighter's fight. Yeah. Like Poirier and Gaethje, who I think they need to run it back. And Oliveira, again, he, he's not going to turn down fights, right? Like, he, he'll fight whoever you want Ron him to fight. Crazy. But it's one of those things where it's like, my man, you cleared it out. Go get your money first. Like, like Nate Diaz was floating around Nate Diaz is- as a positive. Go get your money. Uh, yeah. Because just- you'll guarantee a headline. And... It'll put you in another level of casual fandom. Yeah. They's too big for like. Yeah, I mean, he's comfortable in one say He can make it, though. Hamzat was guys that should beat up Nate and become a superstar. He should. I mean, anyone should beat up Nate and become a superstar. Like, at this point, right? Like, you... Uh, I don't know. Like, hey, you're in that spot where... Yeah, get your money. But I like the Volk. Volk fight. I love that. I'm mad at that. Like, man, I was I was looking at Vogue fights and I was like, don't we just like pulverize Chad Mendez? And people were like, well, he's coming. Yep. And they made him work the hard way. It wasn't like the Connor situation it was like hop, skip at the jump, title shot. They made Vogue fight everybody to get to Holloway. And we all picked against Volkanovski. He was like, Max Holloway's the greatest featherweight of all time. Remember that yep. conversation? Vogue was like, cool. I'm still not positive he is. I think he won that second fight. But the only person that gave Max hell is Vogue. Yeah, is Volk. I mean, they're like 1A1. Yeah, it's like, it's nuts. And then you just watch with Volk. The Brian Ortega fight is the one fight that I was just like, oh my God. That guillotine I mean, was, was the deepest deep. thing I've ever seen. And Volk is just like, mm, mm, yeah. mm. flexed on it. Yeah, it was like, all right, ah. you tired yet, bitch? Ugh. You gotta, <laughs> like, because of that. shit out of Ortega, too. And then, yeah, then he made his face like in the mince. Oh my God. Because of that is the reason why I don't see Oliveira and Volk. Because like, if Oliveira does that to you, it's different. You ain't getting out. I don't think I don't so. Think. <laughs> I can't I put nothing past know. him, man. I don't know. Um, yo, I want Volk. Makachev, you can wait. Go ahead and fight Benil Darius. Just go ahead. Let that fight happen. And keep an eye on Volk versus Holly. That UFC 276 card is weird. It's a great card. Adesanya is headlining, but nobody thinks he's losing to Jared Cannonier. No. Volk and Austin and Max Holloway should headline that card, but yeah. I get it. The weight class is just... Adesanya is the bigger star. Yeah. Which is weird, they... The heavier belt always headlines. It's crazy. Two black guys headlining that card. <laughs> but one, no one cares about it. No, Cannoneers, 
Cannonier is still fighting on that same contract. Well, we've seen a lot of weird shit in MMA now. You're so right. So I'm just like... Yo, if Cannonier becomes champion... Between boxing and the upsets, and MMA and the upsets since, like, last year... Yeah. Throw everything out the window. It should just be putting dough on, on underdog. That's true. The entire time. That's true. Like, who thought Bivol was going to beat Canelo? Cambosis. We're going to beat Teofimo. Lots of lies. Lots of liars. Like, no one's thinking these people are falling off. Amanda Nunez losing. Rose losing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like Amanda, People aren't thinking about this. Glover Teixeira is a champion. I picked that. <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> but like this past two years, I don't even know anymore. No, you know, you know nothing. I know nothing. Aljamain Sterling is your bantamweight champion. And legit. everybody was like, Petter Jan was like the man. And Aljo won. Jan was sending him to the phantom realm in the first fight. Second fight, couldn't do anything. Yeah, it's like, wow. Till the fourth round. Like, I don't know. The only yeah, for sure thing is, is like Kamaru Usman right now. Like, that's the only for sure thing. For now. He's the number one pound for pound fighter in the world. He has a wolf chasing him. Yes, I know. That's <laughs> so, that's not, that's not very easy either. Man. I don't know. I think, I don't know if you'll agree with this, but I think fighter pay, bullshit aside, the Gina Carano ad, which I still haven't watched for like that prairie yeah. Bag of shit with her and Cowboy. I was like, ew, they're promoting this? Weird. All this shit aside, I think the U- MMA, UFC is in a really good spot right now of unpredictability. Yeah. Good fights. Not great. But I think that the Chandler situation helps. Nothing, like Gaethje loses to Oliveira, and I don't think anybody cares. If you book Gaethje in a lightweight fight against Dustin Poirier, you book Gaethje in the... But Gaethje with Conor McGregor is still going to sell. Gaethje yep. is still fun as hell to watch. Charles Oliveira is just the best lightweight in the world right now. Yeah, I, I like where the UFC is at. Now we but, just need John Jones to come back. Yes, they do. And see what happens. But UFC is always better with megastar. No, it is. They don't have a megastar. They don't. But for me, as if you're a hardcore MMA fan that kind of watches every single show. Oh, it's great. It's like, it's very competitive. Yeah. For casuals, it's like, I don't care what? any of these guys. Yeah, they need a megastar. You at least need one. Yeah. And yeah. no one's a megastar. No, there's no Ronda. There's no Connor. No. There's, there's close. No, there's no Liddell. No. Who is like transcending things. Like, there, there's no Brock. Jesus. I almost forgot Brock was in the UFC. Yeah, like, there's, there's no one guy where you're like, mill and a half. Yeah. Pay-per-views. Let's go, like, transcending stuff, taking over the sports world for a week. <laughs> and Ganu's just kind of like, the they, don't even, they don't even like him. No. Like, I ain't putting a belt around you. Yeah. <laughs> they don't, don't even like him. Go fight Tyson Fury, little bitch. So, like, what are we talking? No, there's no megastar face of the company. Um, it's like, you can put Sean O'Malley. Like, if you're not a star yet, even in O'Malley's case, you're not going to be a megastar necessarily. O'Malley has a chance. I will say that. O'Malley, like, like, he should have been something more already. I mean, have you looked at his social media following and engagement and the money he makes on, like, his Twitch is insane. Yeah, like, O'Malley has, if he were just to start flatlining every, continuing to knock people out, he's got a chance. You won't, Conor McGregor big is just different because not only was Conor McGregor huge, Perfect he had a whole star. fucking country behind him. Yeah. When he fought in, in Ireland, you, you can get there. He's not big enough to get there. But say, like, someone was at, like, 185 yeah. and they were like, Sean O'Malley. Technically, you can bounce for a second, fight Jake Paul, and become a mega star. Yeah. You could. But, I mean, there's like a looming specter of someone who could make you a mega star. 
Hence, what's his face is chasing the Canelo fight. Like the shit's going out of style. Tomorrow needs to stop. Tomorrow's wild. And even and the worst part is I haven't even checked. Has Ali said anything about Canelo since? No. Kamaru has. What did he say? Kamaru was like, payday question mark, exclamation mark on uh the picture of Canelo getting rocked by Bibble after he lost. Yo, what I know this is not a boxing show. What is wrong with people? They just saw Canelo lose to Bivol. Now everybody thinks he can beat Canelo. Yeah, everybody does. Do you, does Jake he have Ball, to remind you, sir? Three Jake Paul's he's nice. <laughs> three years. Eddie, yo, Eddie Hearn. <laughs> I asked Eddie Hearn. I think the, the interview's up somewhere. I said, Eddie, what happens first? Jake Paul becomes a world champion, or Canelo beats Usyk at heavyweight? And Eddie like looked at me and he was like, "They're both kind of nutty, right?" Like he was like, <laughs> you know. But at least Canelo has the skills that you can say, "All right." Maybe it's plausible, obviously, before the Bival fight, which now clearly heavyweight's way too big. Yeah. But he's like, Jake really thinks, he's like, camera's off. Jake's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I believe in myself. Keep doubting me. Jake Paul's a maniac. And the man's 195 pounds. If anything, he has size on his, but Canelo, it, there's not enough. Canelo beats the shit out of Jake. Yeah, there's not enough skill. Like, relax, Jake. I get it. Believe in yourself. But at a certain point, Connor thought he could beat Floyd. We saw that with shit. He yeah. got dog walked in that still fight. still say Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. is the best fight for of course it is. You can knock out. The problem is Anderson Silva already did that. That shows low key. No one watched that. I mean, but we know about it. And Anderson some Silva's people fighting know on about a, that. Anderson Silva's fighting on a helipad this week. Yeah, but some people know about that. Not everybody. We'll see. Let's uh, give our predictions real quick before we get out of here then for this weekend's card. Uh, if I can pull it back up after looking at these UFC rankings. I have lost the card. But while I pull that up, we have a fight every week until the pay-per-view. UFC is on a roll. No, they take Memorial Day off. Which is fine because that's double or nothing week for us. It is. Yes, no MMA show. Yeah. Nothing but wrestling. It's straight up wrestling. I mean, one boxing show talking about Tank. Yeah. And that's it. So, oh, that works out perfectly. Thank you, UFC. So, this weekend's card, headlined by Jan Blakovich, um, Alexander Rakic, but let's go with predictions just up from the bottom through. We have Caitlin Chukagian versus Amanda Rebus. We're on the streak, baby. Uh, yeah, I got to pick Rebus. Even though it's like, boy, they went from, Rebus went from Michelle Waterson, which was like very winnable fight. Yeah. To Chukagian, who's like the top contender. Yeah. Mm, and that's very rough. awkward and yeah, lengthy. And and tall, it's I'm just going to pick Rebus because she's on the show. Of course. Call me by Um, Davey Graham versus Luis Smoka. Uh, Davy Grant. Uh, Smoker's Smoker's past his prime. I mean, way past. But yeah. Smoker's not. It's like, it'll, it could be a fun fight, but I'm picking Davy. Going the distance, I'll tell you that much. Um, Ryan Span versus Kutalaba. Me and Kutalaba and Ryan. Spann. I'm going to pick Span because I feel like Kutalaba's never. For for a while, people were like, well, Kutalaba could be the next guy, light heavy. Span got beat by Anthony Smith. Yeah, fans had a hard time, but I think Spans is still evolving. Someone pick Ryan. Span. And they're not old. Like Span is thirty, yeah. Lava's twenty eight, but yeah, Span's size. He's, he's like a legit dude. six. Yeah, he's powerful. Yeah, so I'll take Span to win that. And then main event, Lukovich, Bakic, Lukovich, thirty nine. He was just champ. Yeah, I'm not picking against. No, give me Jan to win again. Like should be fun though. The Glover fight, I understand that was shocking, but. The man beat his Adesanya not too long ago. Like, yeah. refocus and figure it out. Yeah, I got I got Jan. Yeah, definitely Jan and, and light heavyweights. Still an interesting division. Yeah. Again, looking for some new blood. Yep. And they're finally getting it. So we'll, we'll see how that all works out. That is our 
Actually, not our show. No, we got our guests. We do. Yep. I, this was so long. I, I figured, I thought we were over. Nope. How dare I? Amanda Rivas is joining us here in a couple of minutes. So let's hit our break. When we come back, Amanda's going to preview her fight this weekend. We're going to chop it up, talk to her about other divisions, her future plans, what she thinks of the current champions. Plenty to talk about in the UFC. The Amanda Rivas, don't go anywhere. Be right back after this. Welcome back, everybody. As promised, we are joined by the UFC's Amanda Rivas today to talk about her upcoming fight against Kaylin Chukagian this weekend here in Vegas. Amanda, thank you for taking time out. I know it's a tough, always a tough time, right? You just get to Vegas, you're about to cut weight. So thank you for taking some time out of your schedule to talk with us today. Uh, thank you to invited me. And it's it's a hard time to cut weight, but I like to do interview. I like to talk about my fight. I think it's time to relax, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to get the fire, like <laughs> how how do you deal with like the during the week process, right? Like, because you seem so excited to fight, you're re- ready to go, but you know it's like okay, I have four more days, and then I have three more days. Do you feel like, man, I I just want the fight to be here now, or do you enjoy fight week and and the build up to the fight? You know, like I see, like this, if. Oh, if I start to say like, ooh, another interview, ooh, another exam, you'll be exhausting and like we'll, we'll push my energy. So I try to enjoy. Even I don't like, I fake I like, you know? <laughs> so this is good for me. <laughs> this works for me. Like, uh, you will do, I don't know, 12 interview to 1 a.m. to 3 p.m. I don't know. Okay. Let's go. You like? <laughs> yes. I, like. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Amanda, you're, you're fighting Caitlin Chukagian. You were supposed to fight Michelle Watterson. And that was a big fight. But this fight feels even bigger. How do you feel about fighting Chukagian instead of Watterson? Yeah, when Michelle said she was hurt, I was a little sad because I wasn't thinking in my mind like, Oh my goodness, I am seven months without fight. And now everybody in my weight division has a fight against who will you fight? Because everybody, every girl had a fight. So after that, UFC offered me this huge opportunity because I tell to them, if they have fight in Mountain 5, I can fight too. And they offer me, Caitlin to Cage. And oh my goodness. This opportunity, I am hugged with my arms, with my legs, because it's huge, 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 huge. And I am prepared. Do you think a win this weekend puts you right in line for a title fight? Do you think that'll be your next fight after you win? I believe that. I think a lot of people don't believe that I'm big enough to fight in Mountain 5 or... Uh, I'm good enough to fight against Katie to Kate, but I am sure I am good enough to do that. And if God bless me, I can win. 
and I can prove I can, yes, I can win for the title. After that, of course, if I win, <laughs> after that. So you uh, you had to watch UFC this weekend and watch Rose Namajunas lose to Carla Esparza. You're in that division too. Did you look at that fight and say, hmm, I might, I might have to go back and forth because I can get two titles maybe? Yes, I was uh, talking with my team because I think this this fight almost make me medium because if I fight really good and win the fight, I will still in in one twenty five. But my original weight class is one fifteen, so I will do both. Depends of the results to see if I will do more in one twenty five or in one fifteen. What did you think of Rose Namajunas and Carlos Barza? A lot of people thought it was boring. Did you think it was boring? Yes, but you know what I'm. I think is I think both of fighters was thinking just in strategy. In my mind, I think Rose was waiting. Carlo to trying to grappling her, so she throw a punch. And Carla was waiting Rose to throw a punch to take her down. So nobody do nothing because the strategy was wait. So I think it happened that. Going into this fight this week, and again, 115 is your natural weight class. How do you feel at 125? Do you feel better where you don't have to make the weight cut all the way down there? Do you feel stronger? Yes, I feel stronger. And I still need to cut weight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I still that. Uh, I don't know if I can show you guys, but in my front here, there is Nutella. There is M&M's. A lot of things to eat after my fight. But I still need to cut weight. But for sure, I'm feel stronger. And I think more, uh, more good vibe, you know, more relaxed. Caitlin Chukagian, she fought for a title. She's tall. She has, I think she has a pretty good reach. What do you have to do to win this fight? Because it, it is a tough fight. There's no denying that. But how do you feel about this fight? Do you think, do you see things that you can pick up and win with? I think I can surprise her because I think everything who fights against her just make her do her game. And when she does her game to make points and go out and make her distance, she does the best game for her. And when I, because I am the fighter, I make some risks. Like uh, if she thinks I will take her down, I throw a punch. If she thinks I will throw a punch, I take her down. I will try to do that. So this, I think, will be my difference between the other opponents that he she fights. At, she fought. Okay. At 115, again, we've seen the belt change hands multiple times recently. There's been a lot of champions. At 125, there's been one champion. When you look at that, are you interested, like, does it excite you to kind of be that person and to say, you know what, I like this division because I can beat someone who seems unbeatable right now. And we, we just saw this happen with uh, Juliana Pena uh, going against Amanda Nunez, right? When no one thought she had a chance, Amanda was unbeatable and then she wins. Do you want to be that person where you look at that and be like, man, I, 
I think I could beat Valentina. I want to get that shot. Yes, for sure. I believe nobody is... Uh, nobody just win one day we were lost because we are human. So when we make mistakes, we have files. And now I need to wait Valentina against Tyler too. But the first uh, blonde girl I need to thank is Caitlyn, you know? <laughs> After that, I you think Valentina. No, now it's just Caitlyn. Uh, the last fight, when you won, when you beat Vinny Jandaroba, you cut the interview short because you said you needed some chocolate. What is your go-to food after this fight? Where are you going to eat? Mm, my boyfriend, he's here. And he's, after the fight, he said there is some sandwich really traditional here. Is it steak and shake? No. What's going on? No. In and out. Oh. oh. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. never try it. It's good? Yeah. No. Ah, nossa! He's good. <laughs> <Yeah. like> <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, you got to have that. He's, yeah, that's that's good. It's really good? Like yes. that? Yeah, and get a chocolate milkshake? Yeah, it, it'll be great. Oh, <laughs> I will put on my list because I have a list, you know? <laughs> yeah, you put that. Yeah, no, nah, perfect. So. Ah, and Carlos Bakery, too, because I love cannoli. Ooh, I cannoli. After fight, too. I need to go eat with yeah. Amanda after. Yeah, after that's what fight. I'm saying. Now, yeah! Now I'm hungry. Right. We just scheduled that. Yes, I'm not cutting weight, so I think I might have a cannoli today. Uh, and last question before we let you get out of here is looking, again, Caitlin, really tough fight this weekend. But if you had to predict, how are you going to win this fight? Do you think it'll be a chess match like we saw last weekend? Are you going in there trying to finish this fight and you see a place where you can get the stoppage? Yeah, I see place that I can stop her, but I need to be smart because she's really technical. She's really strong. She's taller than me, so I I am trying to be big, bigger than her. So I thank you. Get on the finish. I like it. Thank you so much for joining us. Good luck this weekend. Enjoy the in and out. Yeah, get <laughs> yeah. that in and out. Get that in and out. <laughs> it is going to be great. Uh, it's going to be well thank worth you. it. Thank you so much for joining us today. Bye, bye, you. man. Bye, bye. <laughs> yes, everyone. That was Amanda Rivas fighting this weekend against Caitlin. She's Chukagian. incredible. Oh, amazing! I'm so hungry right now. Yeah, I know she made me hungry. <laughs> but oh, great! Make sure you guys watch that fight again. Another weekend just packed full of fights. I'm um, getting my TV set up this weekend, so I'm so happy. It's going to be five TVs set up. I need all of them to watch all of the combat sports going on this weekend. Plus, I'm going to watch producer Cole Bay Bay's Celtics lose, hopefully, on one of the televisions <laughs> as well. So, you know, I, I need all of those this weekend to make sure that I see everything. Amanda was great. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the show today. Tons of MMA talk throughout the entire thing. Recap the pay-per-view. Earlier, talked about this weekend's fight card, gave our prediction, and of course, had Amanda on the show. Make sure you guys follow us on social media, at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Check out our YouTube. All the videos are up there. Fight Nick! Fight Nick! We got to make this happen. Shout out to everyone who supported Fight Nick earlier in the week and who loves the idea. Cut the check. This, this is what has to happen. We appreciate you all. Thank you to everyone at Blue Wire Studios here at the Win. 
Resort in Las Vegas. Shout out to everyone in the booth. Brian, producer Cole, baby. Thank you for everything you guys do. In the meantime, until next week, remember Tuesday and Thursdays, we're out. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.